Welcome to Guy Aitchison's Reinventing the Tattoo Community, where you are invited to share uh, and inspire each other. This is for tattooers, apprentices, uh, collectors, and the curious. Uh, this stream is with Jesse Smith, and we're going to talk specifically about landing your dream job, mostly for tattooers, although a lot of the wisdom and experience that Jesse has to share is applicable to, you know, pretty much every career, I would suppose. So um, I'm not sure exactly where you're watching from. We go out on some Facebooks and some YouTubes, but you could always find the latest reinventing events if you download the app. So either of the app stores, pick your poison, either uh, the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store and download, do a search and download for uh, reinventing the tattoo. You can also go straight to community.reinventingthetattoo.com and then the event link will be there. You can see the list of all the upcoming web streams and the library is growing every day with awesome content. So you can check out all of the replays from all of the events. It's pretty crazy. Um, let's see here. Uh, upcoming events. Okay, well, actually, let's talk a little bit about the last event I was just telling Jesse. Uh, yesterday, we had Aaron, an archaeologist who is specializes in prehistoric tattoos. So mummies and other preserved uh people from way back, thousands and thousands of years ago. It was an amazing uh, talk with an awesome expert. Um, uh, Ginger and Guy were interviewing from the community. And yeah, you should definitely check it out on the uh, Reinventing the Tattoo. Uh, you can either go into the library, as I was talking about, or into the um, Reinventing the Tattoo YouTube channel. Uh, those are the two places to catch up on the replays. We'll have them, uh, we'll have them until the fucking YouTube or internet goes away. Okay, other interesting uh, talks. We do have another one next Tuesday that's coming up. That's going to be with uh, John Schwack, Schweik. I don't know exactly how to pronounce his name, but he's a chemist who is working in a Birmingham, I believe. And he's an expert in the inks. He's gotten some, uh, some grants to be studying the way the inks are interacting in the skin. He's been called in to speak with uh, like NPR and some other heavy uh, outlets about exactly what's going on with the ink, the proposed ink bands and whatnot. So it'll be great to catch up with him. Okay, all of these uh, events are brought to you free. Uh, thanks to our sponsors. We have inkjetstencils.com. You wanna check them out. They have a system set up so that you can do your tattoo uh, reference either on your iPad or your computer, and then print them out from your Epson Eco uh, Tank uh, printer, and you can be printing out all your stencils. Saves your hands, saves you time. If you have one of the oversized printers or a larger printer, you can print out sleeves and back pieces and save a shit ton of time. Okay, so we also have Loose Screw Tattoo. Thank you, Jesse. And uh, they are actively looking for resident tattooers. So if you are awesome and, are, and can handle a, a busy shop, they've got uh, black and gray, clients coming in, they've got color clients coming in. If you do an awesome job and also be a forward-thinking uh, tattooer, let them know you found out about their spots on reinventing the tattoo and they'll know you're kind of in the same vibe as we are. And uh, he'll talk about it a little bit later in this uh, episode, I'm sure. Uh, but they have options for like full health and dental, vacation, uh, 401k, all that stuff. So if you want to uh, be really legit and get a house and a family and all that stuff, then, or, or I don't even know, there's, I'm sure there's a wide variety of ways that you can be successful at a shop. I know there is because he's awesome. Anyways, loosescrewtattoo.com. Check the uh, join the team uh, link. And then rawpigments.com. Uh, 
rawpigments.co. They have uh, inks and they are tapping straight into the, the source of the pigments right out there in California. Uh, they, have, um, they have samples going out in our sample packages. Uh, along with Cheyenne, uh, packs of Cheyenne needles and some other goodies that we have in our goodie bags. And um, those goodie bags you can you can get if you go uh, into the app, if you go to the, uh, let's see, I think it's like library videos, there is the Equinox. We have the replays. You can see it playing in the background. We had uh, Andrew Jones doing uh, visuals and Aja was doing a live uh, soundtrack to it. It was pretty awesome. And if you go to it and you find it, then you can fill in your studio information, the uh, date that you did your first professional tattoo or approximate date. And then we will send you yeah, a pretty awesome goodie bag that's got some great stuff in it. Okay, so we have, uh, I'm going to shorten this up a little bit because um, I want to get right to, to talking with Jesse about, well, we had, the, the title is a pretty funny title. It is how to land your dream job. And I'm also going to uh, add or dream team because uh, we want to talk to uh, both uh, from the point of view of shop owners as well as uh, artists because there's a lot of artists in the, in the room. I'm going to uh, let Jesse introduce himself a little bit while I take about a minute or two to do some last minute computer things and then we can start the interview. All right. Thanks, Gabe. I appreciate that intro. Um, my name is Jesse Smith. I've been tattooing for about 23 years and I own Loose Screw Tattoo in Richmond, Virginia. Um, and prior to opening Loose Screw, I've had it for about nine years. I opened it in 2011. Uh, prior to opening Loose Screw, I worked in about 14 different shops. Um, I worked with Bugs out in London, England uh, for about a year. I worked a couple of shops down in Florida. I've worked out in Texas. Uh, and then I've done a lot of, a lot of shops here in Richmond, Virginia and throughout working all those shops, uh, you know, of course there was, there were things that I would have done differently. And then there was a lot of things that a lot of those shops had to offer that I really liked. Uh, so when I opened my shop, I took a piece of, uh, both of those sides, you know, every shop I worked at, uh, if I really liked something, I brought it into to my shop. And if I wasn't really into it, I tried to keep it out of my shop. So, um, so yeah, here I am running a shop nine years. I've had a lot of great artists come through my shop and I've had a lot of great artists leave my shop. Uh, and, and throughout that journey, it's kind of helped me figure out, you know, what type of shop I want to run and what my priorities are in running that shop. Um, and what type of people I would like around and, and, you know, and trying to run a shop that is not only, um, you know, lucrative for everybody, but also inspiring for everybody. And, and, uh, you know, I find that when I'm around a bunch of people who are super inspired and, and motivated and it makes me work harder. So, uh, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with, with the loose screw right now. Awesome. Let's, uh, let's start kind of right from the beginning. And uh, I mean, I, and if any of the story you've already talked, you know, told uh, in detail in any of guys interviews uh, or previously, just let us know so that we can refer people. But for the sake of the, uh, this point of view, I think we're, you know, we're talking to a lot of tattooers and younger tattooers. Uh, that are, you know, seeking out places and, you know, I'm wondering what would help, um, maybe some, it would help for, for them to understand your story kind of from the very beginning. Did you always uh, start off entrepreneurial? Uh, did, you know, were you getting beat up as an apprentice as a, you know, again, so let's, uh, 
let's let's hear it from like a, a businessy end of it, and then um, referring to any previous interviews if uh, if you can, so we don't we don't recover ground you already have. Yeah, so I started tattooing in uh, uh, July of '98, um, or sorry, March of '98. And I was tattooing out of my house at the time. I was actually in the military, in the army. Uh, so at that particular point in time, there wasn't much entrepreneurial stuff going on. It was just like telling my friends that I tattoo, they'd come over, I'd tattoo them. It wasn't my sole source of income. Um, and then after doing it for a while and realizing that it was going to be my sole source of income, um, you know, and, and back, you know, when back when I first started tattooing, the internet wasn't a really prevalent thing. People didn't have many websites. So, you know, I, I want to say I was probably one of the yeah, first artists in Richmond who was, who had a website. So uh, I found that I kind of had to take control of my career because every time I would go to a different shop or move, uh, you know, I'd had to kind of start all over. So, and having a website, I had a home uh, where people could always find me. And yeah, it's uh, kind of taking control of your own career by, you know, it, it, it it's kind of required of us as artists to have somewhat of an entrepreneurial uh, kind of backing to kind of help out with keeping everything running, you know, order and inventory, uh, customer service, uh, paying taxes, all these, all these things that, you know, most people who have a job don't have to do because they work for a business that takes care of most of that for them. And now you had some experience in the military too. So was were any of those skills coming from there? Or is that something I just made up? So, you know, I mean, in the military and I, I grew up as a military brat. So my father was uh, in the army as well. So I would say that one of the biggest things I've probably brought from being involved in that uh, particular environment is just being very disciplined, uh, being accountable for your actions. Um, you know, trying to show up on time, having your drawings ready, uh, and, and just kind of following through. Uh, and I find that at least when I first started tattooing, you know, there was very few people in the tattoo world that had those particular attributes. And, and I got made fun of a lot for, you know, having them. Um, and I realized because of that, it almost was like a, a playground for people who could actually follow through on things. It's like there's a, there was very few people who would, you know, show up for their appointments ready and all that stuff. So of course, as a person who, uh, you know, a collector or whatever, who's taking it, you know, getting a tattoo seriously, they want an, an artist who's going to take it seriously as well and be there and be ready for them when they show up. I mean, not to mention the fact that they're spending a substantial amount of money on a piece of artwork, you know? And so, so did you kind of have this vision of the, of the experience uh, already in your head and you were trying to find a shop that would, would kind of fit it or were you floating around or how, how did that process look? Yeah, I mean, being that I was in the military uh, and, and grew up in the military, you know, health insurance, and dental insurance and all that stuff was just, I, I always had it. I never had to pay for it because the military paid for it. And I remember when I got out of the military. Um, I was actually married at the time. So I was still collecting my, my wife at the time was in the military. So I was getting free medical, free dental, all that stuff. But I remember watching all my friends just struggling. You know, none of them had insurance. Whenever tax season came along, they were all like 
running around with their heads cut off trying to like catch up for all the tax money they owed. And I just remember seeing everyone always struggling in these situations. There was very few people that I saw that had had their shit together where they weren't hitting that wall around the beginning of every year, you know, after a slow season uh, in December uh, and Christmas and stuff like that. So, you know, I had always thought like, if I open a tattoo shop, what I want to do is try to like kind of smooth it out, you know, smooth things out a little bit. So it's not like make a ton of money in the summer, make no money in the winter and then, you know, have to pay taxes like crazy. Or if you broke your arm, you're struggling because you had to, you know, pay X thousands of dollars to get your arm taken care of. Uh, I wanted to try to create something where maybe you wouldn't make a ton of money all at once, but it was, it was a steady stream. So you wouldn't be sitting there getting stressed out hardcore and then, you know, having to scramble around or set up a GoFundMe or anything like that. So it was always a goal of mine before, even before I opened a tattoo shop to try to figure out how to provide insurance for uh, the artists who worked at my shop. Yeah, cool. And then, and how, and just uh, sorry, refresh my memory. But how many shops and how many years was it where you were, um, you know, in, in between, you know, when you started a tattoo and when you opened up? Uh, uh, was Loose Screw your first shop? It feels like it. Yeah, Loose Screw was my first shop. Uh, I think I, had, I, I can't remember specifically, but I'm pretty sure I was in about 14 different shops. Oh shit! Okay. Uh, before I opened my own shop, yeah, I was in a lot um, for so, various so you, reasons. I mean, there was. Yeah. There was, there was the, you know, back then I was definitely, I didn't fit in well in the tattoo world. You know, I wasn't heavily tattooed. Uh, I listened to hip hop music. Uh, I was doing new school tattoos. Uh, so, you know, it was, there was definitely a lot of friction that I would catch in a lot of shops. Um, there were some great shops that I worked at as well. Uh, working for Bugs was great, you know, cause he was doing cubism. Uh, so it's like, you know, he was doing, he was, he was kind of thinking outside the box as well. Um, and then there was other shops that I, there's, I would say out of the 14 shops I worked at, at least half of them were, were good shops. They just, uh, you know, I did a lot of traveling. Um, I, I, when I was in college, I went to London I went to Florida and I went to Texas all. And then of course, Richmond. So it was four different uh, states or four different, you know, locations. And then even within Virginia, I moved you know, a couple hours outside of Richmond. So it wasn't like every single one was leaving because I wasn't happy or got fired or whatever it might be. It was, you know, I, I was just constantly moving, you know, I don't, I think for the first, you know, 10 years out of high, uh, out of high school, I probably moved at least once a year. Uh, even if it was in the same city, just because I wanted to have a different apartment or whatever, I was kind of, getting out of this world where I was used to moving every three or four years. Uh, and you know, for the first time I've been in the same place for 20 years now. Bam, there you go. Hey, uh, have you ever been fired? I've been fired twice, uh-huh. I think, but yeah. Did you, did you deserve I got it? Fired. Did you learn it? What'd you learn from it? You know, I, I will say, uh, well, I mean, if you ask me, I would say they were both pretty ridiculous, but oh, yeah. uh, the first one's kind of a funny one is uh, it was the first top tattoo shop I ever worked at. I was super excited to get it uh, into the shop. I walk in, the guy's like, oh man, you do good work, but you know, we want to send you through an apprenticeship just to kind of make sure that you're, you're doing what you're supposed to do. And he was like, you know, it'll be a kind of a truncated apprenticeship, a couple of weeks or something like that. 
so I'm working on stuff. I'm tracing things, coloring things, you know, just they're making sure I know cross-contamination, all that stuff. And uh, I remember the owner came in and he was like, he's like, hey, we got this new piercer and you should let her pierce your belly button. And I was like, I can get my belly button pierced. That shit's gay. You know, like back then, that was a word that was thrown around pretty, pretty uh, often. Uh, obviously doesn't make it right, but uh, it was just something I said as a young guy. And, and I remember the owner lifted his shirt up and he had his belly button pierced and I got fired the next day. So I don't know if, it, I, you know, I don't think it was because of my inability to communicate uh, polit- politically correct. It was uh, more about the fact that uh, I, I kind of made him feel bad about his belly button ring. Uh-huh, sure. But, you know, it's uh, all, all it takes is to um, insult uh, one person who's getting a, a poor memorial tattoo to be like, oh, maybe I'll sure. uh, just pull, pull back on some of my personal criticisms on what other people are getting for the moment. But, uh, for sure. But, yeah, so you know, I mean, I, a lot's changed since then, and I've changed a ton since then. And, uh, you know, really trying to show respect for everyone, no matter which which angle they're coming from, even uh, if they do have their belly button pierced. Absolutely, right. Um, so, okay, so you worked at like a bazillion different shops, so you must have seen uh, all of the differences between, you know, uh, I'm sure a ton of different pirate shops, uh, as well as more like corporate shops. And, uh, you know, I guess it would be interesting for us to kind of dissect a little bit about the differences because, you know, just because you're a pirate shop doesn't mean you're not like disciplined, right? Although a lot of people would, you know, think of corporate as more disciplined, although we know there's corporate places that are not disciplined. So it's like these, these big behemoth shit shows, uh, and we know pirate ships that aren't, you know, that are all every, every person for themselves and it staggers everyone's back. So like, anyways, I guess the point being is it'd be awesome to hear a little bit, uh, from, from you about, uh, the different experiences in some of these different shops, again, for the, for the viewers that are, you know, younger in their careers to kind of see what, what the landscape was looking like and what, so why you're changing it into what you want it to be. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, there's there's a very uh, large spectrum between shops. You have your, you know, quote unquote pirate shops per se, um, where, you know, stuff goes under the table and everybody's kind of doing whatever they want to do. Uh, that that was, is what I would consider kind of like a full-blown pirate shop. And then you've got your super corporate shops, which are, you know, typically owned by like, a, you know, some rock star that wanted an investment and then he opens up a a shop and it's ran by a bunch of, you know, hot topic kids or something like that. Um, so, you know, you have those two different angles and it's like, how do you ride that balance between the two? Because you, as an artist, you know, we don't want to work in a corporate environment. You know, that's the, one of the cool things about being a tattoo artist and being an artist in general is to kind of work in a place where uh, you can be free to express yourself. Um, but on the same note, we are serving the public and, it, and, it, and it's our responsibility uh, to provide the public with, you know, at least showing up on time, having your artwork ready, um, all that stuff. And then, you know, as a, as a shop owner, everyone in my shop represents me, you know, like uh, you don't know how many bad reviews I have on Google that uh, from people who don't even work in my shop anymore. And that, you know, it doesn't follow them to the next shop. It just stays on my my feed. So, um, but yeah, you know, I think there's pros and cons. It's kind of like, I always use the example of if you go into target and you get mistreated by one of the employees there, or you, uh, aren't happy with one of the products you buy there, you know, most of the time 
because it's such a big corporation, they're going to look out for you first as a customer. Um, and then, you know, as a, if you go into a, like a mom and pop place, you know, you might get a little more intimate situation and it might be more personable, but if for whatever reason you're not happy with your product, there's no guarantee that you're going to get a refund. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of variables involved on, on what you might get out of that situation. So uh, like I said, it's kind of like, you know, what I would like to run is something that uh, is a, a place where artists know that they have a safe environment to work and know that there's going to be art, uh, there's going to be clients coming through the door consistently. Um, their job is, is uh, you know, sound where they don't have to worry about losing it. Um, and then, of course, they've got, you know, the medical, the dental, uh, all the the kind of things that kind of stabilize their lives a little bit if in case something bad happens. Um, and then also on the art side is just having people in there that are motivated and are interested and eager in learning and, and, and just inspiring. You know, uh, when I opened my, my shop, it, I, I felt like it just kind of gave me a whole new uh, kind of slingshot into being more motivated because I had all these artists who were kind of like, looking up to me and I was like, man, I got to keep on crunching. Whereas before when I was working at other people's shops, you know, I was having to motivate myself uh, to do better. So I don't know if that particularly answers your question, but hopefully I yeah, touched no, on no. some of the stuff. Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, maybe, and that leads into maybe the next one, which is, so, uh, you know, as a shop owner now and, uh, and in it for a while, so you've seen a you know, significant amount of artists, as you're saying, some, are, some have come and stayed for an exceptionally long period of time and some come and go. And, um, but what, what is it that you are now looking for, right? So if you have, uh, you know, I mean, obviously there's a, a wide variety of awesome different types of people that you would love to have work in the shop. Um, but what are some of the, the people that you've, or, or characteristics that you're looking for that you find that are most successful, you know, in, in the environment that you're looking there? You know, I think uh, the, the people that I'm most attracted to are um, the people who really love art uh, and really love what they do. Um, you know, I've, I've been told uh, by some of the artists who have left my shop in the past that my shop was, uh, you know, not as fun as other shops that they've been at. And I remember thinking in my head, I'm like, well, yeah, I guess if you're not into art, my shop, my shop's probably not that fun. If you're into like partying and stuff like that. My shop is not the place for you, uh, but if you're into art, my shop's a great place to be. You know, we have uh, we do art days on Wednesdays um, where we sit down and we watch tutorials and watch movies and sit there and draw together. We have guest artists who come in and teach classes. Um, you know, we're just constantly doing art stuff. I mean, I'm that's really that's really what's kind of gotten to me where I am today. Is I just absolutely love art. And everything I've done is, is just revolves around art and then trying to figure out how to help people make money off of their art consistently, you know, not just sitting here making a ton of money right now. And then tomorrow it's all gone and they have nothing to, to show for it. You know, to, to that point, you know, the, when people are focused on their art, right. And that is their, you know, number one priority. And I see this when I'm dealing with, you know, hundreds of artists or not dealing with when I'm, you know, interacting with hundreds of artists, um, you know, when shit gets really weird or the, the drama comes out, um, they want to just focus on their art. So like, look, I don't have time for this. I just need to like create art and hang out with my friends and family. Like, you know, and uh, all of the other stuff, 
you know, you know, obviously sure. in, in the business, you know, to, to your point, like the business takes up so much time there in and of itself that, um, you know, it really, you really do need to be able to focus on, yeah. uh, uh, on it appropriately. Um, cool. So I guess, uh, well, and also yeah. I, you know, one thing I, one thing I try to do with all my guys is try to get them to think forward a little bit, you know, like, so we offer, um, we offer uh, retirement benefits. So like, uh, essentially I have a financial advisor and I set everybody up with her and they, she hooks them up with a Roth IRAs and gets them to start saving money and all that stuff. And, you know, I, of course, as a young artist, you don't think about that. You think that the well of, of clients is going to be indefinite and you think you're going to be making millions of dollars forever and all that stuff. But, you know, there's times where it doesn't happen, for example, with the pandemic and, you know, certain things, there's certain things that are out of our control that control the, uh, the momentum of whether someone wants to get tattooed or not, you know, whether it's TV shows or the lack thereof. So, you know, I'm always trying to get everybody to think, Hey, take all this money that you're making right now, put it into to some, put it into a Roth IRA, put it into some property, just trying to like set these guys up for a future, uh, a future retirement potentially, um, you know, and not that anybody, most artists don't want to retire, but it would be, it would feel good to be able to do that if you wanted to. I mean, they're going to one way or another, like no one can work forever. It's true. Um, it's a real quick, uh, let's see. So Sandy says your art sounds like a blast. Your, your shop sounds like a blast. You know, obviously the reinventing crew is a very artistic, uh, oriented crew. Um, uh, SJ says, Hey, super excited for this one exclamation point. And then she, uh, asks, um, okay, awesome. Th well, I said, if you have any questions, just let us know. She says, awesome. Thank you. Um, how, how did you know when you were ready to move to full-time tattooing? I currently work another full-time job and want to make the shift in June this year. And then uh, any advice on what to expect or, or, or to prepare for, for that shift? Um, you know, I, uh, it, it's really weird because I never really knew that I was going to be a tattoo artist. It just kind of happened. You know, I, um, I was tattooing out of my house with, uh, when I was in the military and so, of course, I had the military being my full-time job. It wasn't an option to quit the military, you know, so I was stuck in it until my time was up. And then when I moved up to Richmond, this was from Newport News, uh, to go to art school, I just kind of did it on the side. And, and it was never really about the money at that particular point in time. And then when I graduated college, it was like I had built up so much momentum uh, with, with uh, clients and all that stuff. It was like, the clients pretty much, you know, forced me into working as much as I worked because they wanted me to tattoo them. So I don't know. That's a, that's a tough question. I think it's going to be different for everyone. Uh, I think it's, you know, it, if you wanted to move in, I, I find it hard to believe that if anybody wanted to move into full-time tattooing right now and they could like, I, I feel like that anyone who wants to be a full-time tattoo artist right now could be one as long as they found the right shop that they could provide the clientele for them. So it's really, I think in that particular sense, it's probably more of whenever you feel like you're ready mentally to do it. I personally think that they get the best out of tattooing and the best out of, uh, out of it. Got, got to go full time. 
Yeah, I'm also I'm also a pretty rough person to ask that question too, as far as freelancing goes, because it was like you know I had like maybe two or three regular jobs, and then since I was 19, <laughs> you know, uh, always freelanced or worked for myself in, in many ways. There was no safety nets to, to, to keep me back from it. Um, so yeah, often it's but you know, frankly, you, you, it sounds like you already know when. Oh, so I guess the the, the advice would be to go full tilt, right? And, you know, um, if you're going to be shifting over in June, is what it sounded like the you know. I want to make the shift in June. Um, you know? Yeah, I, I guess I would, my question would be is what's stopping you? You know, like I, you know, there was never a question in my mind as soon as the, uh, as soon as it was available for me to be able to work full time as a tattoo artist, I did. And uh, the only thing that was stopping me from being a full time tattoo artist was college uh, in the military. So. Mm -hmm. yeah, cool. Um, so, you know, you also catch up with a lot of different shop owners. You're, I always admire that you're very deliberate about, you know, doing guest spots. You know, even though you're a shop owner, you still take the time to do guest spots at, at various places. And uh, often it's because obviously friendships and, and, and personal uh, relationships and whatnot. But it's also you, you land at places where you always have stuff to learn from, you know, from really awesome shop owners. Uh, do, you, do you care to talk about that a little bit and how that's uh, helped inform you know, some of your crew and some, maybe some of your hiring process. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm good friends with Halo who runs uh, black Lotus who probably, in my opinion, runs one of the best shops in the world. Um, he's, he's just very on top of stuff and him and I have very similar thought processes on things. I'll hit him up and I'll be like, Hey man, you know, how's things going? Have you had anybody leave, whatever. And he kind of talks to me about, his problems and how he's handled them and we kind of dish around. So I've learned a lot from Halo. Um, Frank Lenatra is another one who I feel like, you know, runs a pretty tight ship. Um, Russ Abbott, another guy who, who runs a tight ship. I mean, I think, and there are, and these are all people who absolutely love art. You know, they, they just have a, 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 a good, in my opinion, a good temperament for running a shop and, and trying to make sure that they, they care about the artists and the art uh, within their shop, but also realize that uh, you, you still have to run a business. You know, if the, if the business isn't running, then all the people in your shop don't have a job. So it's, it's, a, it's definitely a balance. You know, there's times when, when my artists come to me and they want this, that, or whatever. And I'm like, look, that's, that's not working for the big picture. It might work for you individually, but it doesn't work for the big picture. Um, so anyways, yeah, I, I love traveling anyway. So if I have an excuse to do it, I'm going to do it uh, in, in guest spots with, with, you know, my friends who most of them are shop owners now because I'm an older, I guess, older generation within the tattoo world. Um, but Mid yeah, it's, middle, middle-ish generation. Middle-ish, yeah. I mean, relatively speaking. You know, I, I heard a statistic once that said that, and this was a while back, it was like 70% of the tattoo artists in the industry at that particular point in time. And I think this was like five years. I heard this. It's like 70% of the industry uh, came in after 2005 mm -hmm. uh, because that's right when the TV shows started. Sure. So relatively speaking, uh, you know, most of the scenarios I find myself in these days, I'm one of the, the older tattoo artists, no, uh, no, no, at no, least no, experience no. wise. <laughs> 
I'm just trying not What's to. That? Uh, I'm just trying not to uh, get myself wrapped up in your timeline. Um, okay, so uh, how, so as far as traveling <sighs> is concerned and whatnot, like, what do you expect out of your tattooers? You know, like I said, I'm sure you've worked at the shops where the owners were like, "You can't travel because <clears> then <throat> you know you'll never come back." And then others that are like, "Do whatever the hell you want to," but then it's laissez-faire and you know everything's crazy and no one knows where whenever anybody's around uh you know what, what ends up uh working for you and obviously you love to travel so you can't have you know a complete iron fist over or well i'm not even playing that you would point being is what is your uh, policy on traveling with your tattooers and um is that common amongst other tattoo shops or, or how does that play out yeah so when i first opened my shop i didn't really have any you know rules on traveling or or taking time off and, you know, I started realizing that people were just kind of leaving and they wouldn't let me know where they're going or, you know, not that they were trying to hide it. They just didn't think about letting me know where they were going. And I didn't know when they were coming back or anything like that. So then, you know, one of their clients would come through the front door trying to get tattooed by them or whatever. And we didn't even know what to tell them. So um, I ended up kind of putting in this this rule that was like, hey, 30 days off a year, you know, just just give me give me two weeks notice. Let me know when you're trying to take off. I rarely tell anybody that they can't take off unless it's going to hurt the shop. Um, and you know, a month out of the year, I, I don't know that I've had too many people have any issues with that. Uh, I think there was like maybe one person and they were such a good employee uh, or sorry, good, I guess employee uh, that I just didn't even, you know, I was just like, Hey, if you need more time off, just let me know. I don't mind going over that 30 cause you're such a hard worker. But just making people conscious of how their actions affect the the shop that they work at. You know, if you're taking six months off a year, then you know it sounds like it's time for you to share your booth with someone else. Because you know, as a person who needs to pay rent for that building, um, that that space is valuable. Yeah, and it's really that um, just trying to get everyone on the same page about how it's it's really about the in this case it's really about the client experience. You know, it's not about sure. control controlling the you know the schedule of, of the artist, but you know if, if an artist gives you you know again I mean two weeks is, is a short period of time you know to, to even replace somebody you know usually four to six weeks you know then you can maybe find somebody to shift around some some schedules to fill the spots you know I mean if you have six artists that are all uh, you know taken off whenever they want to. Um, then all of a sudden the shop could find themselves with like two artists on you know and the bills don't go down. Um, but again, yeah. mostly it's about the it's, communication too. Like you're saying, when people walk through the door and they're asking for an artist and it's like, well, where are they? I thought they were going to be here, but oh wait, no, they're not here. Oh wait, they're not going to be here for another week. You know, then all of a sudden the whole experience for that, you know, the person who's walking through the door is just like, they don't know what they're talking about. They don't even know what's going on. It's just uh, communication. Dude, how many times have you walked into is, a business? How many times have you walked into a business where you're like, hey, I need to get this thing, whatever it is. And they're like, oh, we don't know anything about that. Uh, and the person who, let me go see if I can find out when the person who knows that is here. And then they're like, oh, we don't know. And it's like, can you imagine walking into a business, going in to try to get buy something or whatever it is. And they're just like, yeah, we don't know. And it's like, what do you mean you don't know? This is your business. Absolutely. So, you know, I mean, I. I think it's a respect thing on both sides. If you were you and I were roommates and I was going to take off for a, a month and, you know, leave you with my cat, you know, I should I should definitely uh, keep you posted on when that's happening because it's the fair thing to do, you know.
Uh, absolutely, and it's weird. Again, like I said, it's a, a. But again, often when you're you're talking about this kind of stuff and using it in part of your like recruiting methods, and again, when you talk about like so, you have shop meetings and stuff. I, I imagine, or how how does communication work with uh, inside of Loose Screw? Well, we used to have shop meetings. Uh, COVID kind of has definitely put a wrench in those gears. Right. A lot of the way we communicate now is just mass emails and mass texts, just saying, "Hey guys, just so you know." this thing is happening or, uh, you know, Hey, everybody this week at, at art day, we're going to be watching this movie and we're going to be listening to this tutorial just so you know what's going on. Um, cool. but you know, I also meet with every artist at least once a year, uh, like a legit sit down and just kind of ask them about, you know, what their goals are, what they're, what they're looking for. If there's anything that I can do to make it their, their situation here better. And, uh, you know, you get a lot out of those meetings. And those are the meetings where if someone was thinking about leaving, they'll tell me and, uh, you know, we kind of figure out either one, an exit strategy or uh, two, try to figure out a way to get them to stay, what it is that they need. Um, you know, my goal is to, like I said, provide an environment for uh, the people want to be in. And, uh, and sometimes this, this isn't the environment for them. You know, there's a lot of artists that I've met that they don't want to, be in the, they don't want to be a tattoo artist. They, they specifically want to be a tattoo artist because they don't want a job. And it's like, well, you know, I mean, if you don't take this seriously, uh, then, you know, you're not really the type of person that I, I want to, I want to work at a shop because I take this very seriously. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's uh, and, and you can still take it seriously and have fun, you know, and it's, uh, sure. I think it was uh, maybe <clears throat> Hannah, uh, Hannah, Hannah Aitchison was talking about how, you know, sometimes, you know, if you have a, if you're the more disciplined you are with a set of rules, you know, almost the more fun you could have because like everyone's playing in the same, playing in the same rules, you know, and pushing yeah. in the same direction. Um, so let's see. So we have a question here and we have uh, maybe about five minutes uh, left before we should uh, wrap this up and let you get back to, to the rest of your day. But um, Ali, Ali K is asking, Hey guys, uh, what advice would you give to a younger you when you were starting up your studio? And um, I'm just going to let you answer that. I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> I think the one thing that I wish I had done, um, you know, and I don't know if I would have been able to do it back then, but it's, it's really try to really try to establish what you expect out of your artists and what you expect out of your employees and what they should expect out of you in return for that. Um, I kind of tried to do it uh, when I, I first opened my shop, but it was, it's a little difficult. Sometimes you don't realize that you need to tell people, Hey, I don't particularly want you snorting cocaine off the corner of your tattoo station while clients are in the shop you don't realize that that's something that you need to write down um so it's like <laughs> trying to figure out all the things that you know that someone in the shop might do that you just aren't cool with and i've 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 had to lay down a bunch of rules on things that just i've considered common sense you know i had an artist come in with a you know a, a knife probably nine inch knife on, the, on his hip and he's tattooing his clients with it with a nine inch knife on his hip and i'm just like do you really need that knife on your hip while you're tattooing like <laughs> it's not exactly uh the most um inviting you know situation for for people and if you're that worried about something bad happening then you know maybe we should discuss how to make you feel a little safer um but so yeah i guess trying to figure out what it is that what it is that you're cool with, what you're not cool with, um, get as much of that down as possible. 
And when you're hiring people or bringing people in, even if they're your friends or whatever, just kind of like laying down that foundation is, is uncomfortable as it may be. I think that that uncomfortable conversation will make it so it's not as uncomfortable down the road. Sure. I, I keep uh, popping in and I'm laughing because I, I'm re- remembering maybe a year or two ago, I was uh, reading through my handbooks, my old handbooks. And uh, like I had different versions of them, right? And then uh, I had been, uh, oh, fuck off. Uh, <laughs> I had been, uh, I looked at one that was really old. And like some of the things that were written in the handbook, like you, you know, like it, they were just absurd. And it was a little, some of them were authoritarian. There was like, you can't do this. But it was like, you know, you can't, uh, you know, be really rude to your customers or something. So it was, it was so absurd. Some of the things that, and, I, and then I'm recalling the stories of why, of what triggered that, you know, for me putting it into the handbook. But I guess so. So my question is, uh, do you, do you have a handbook there at Loose Like, how do, how do you communicate? you know, some of these things are, and would you suggest that, a, well, first question is, do you have one? Yeah. So the, okay. the other thing that I would recommend that sounds a little over the overboard on a lot of uh, t- to tattoo shop owners is getting some sort of HR department. Um, I actually work with this company called Bambi. It's B-A-M-B-E-E. And they basically will put together a handbook. They'll let you look at it. You can go through and see what pertains to you and your business, what pertains to what doesn't. I mean, and a lot of this stuff is like super, it's really corporate. So like I end up going through and trying to soften some of it up because I just don't want, I don't want it to sound like that uh, within my shop. I don't want my shop to sound like it's a Chipotle or anything like that, but it does give you some good ideas where it's like, okay, are you cool with, you know, uh, people playing music that has swear words in it? Or whatever it is that you might, it'll just stimulate ideas. I don't really care if people play music with swear words in it, um, but it, it kind of makes me think, okay, well, what am I cool with? So it might be good to kind of hit up with an HR department. Um, like I said, you can check out that company. It's called Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E, and, uh, and just get one of their, their, uh, their handbooks and just kind of go through it. And that'll give you a good kind of basic structure of, of things that you may want to put into place before you open your shop. Yeah, that's great advice. And um, uh, I do have the, the uh, Tattoo Now business courses and the new Reinventing the Tattoo business courses that are coming up that cover a lot of stuff. They have some sample handbooks and whatnot. Um, but as far as if you're like literally just starting up your shop and your business and uh, uh, fucking uh, and I. <sighs> lawyer and accountant you know yeah you that's have, true you have yeah, to have, and you know and uh you know i fucking was like no i'm not a lawyers and accountants no way like whatever and and then eventually i did like hire business consultants and accountants i hired you know um but they didn't they weren't you know uh uh experienced in the nuances of the tattoo world and so, you know, sure. you need to make sure that you have an accountant or an accounting that, you know, is using appropriate formulas. And then that lawyer, you know, it seems so uh, horrible to have to really uh, encourage somebody to get a lawyer on their side. You know, but if you're going to own a tattoo shop, then you need to make sure, basically, you need to make sure that you're, you're poking at all the possible weaknesses yourself before somebody else does. You know, and having a, a real good lawyer that you trust, uh, which is not trivial to find, and I'm not saying I haven't found one yet, 
um, is, you know, if, if you all of a sudden grow something, you know, 10, 15, you know, years later, um, you know, the last, the last, the, the worst time to try to find a lawyer is three days after you need one. So I, uh, I, I heard, and then, you I, know, I, I think that the HR department is kind of, kind of runs in tandem with that. Like yeah. a lot of times, you know, the one thing about the tattoo world is most of us, uh, who've been in it for a while, the experience that we have within businesses revolves around a bunch of people who didn't know how to run businesses, teaching us how to run businesses or how to run, how, what's the correct way to do this, that, or whatever. Um, and after I got a, an HR department, I started realizing that some of this stuff is completely illegal, not just from, you know, there's things that the artists do or have done consistently throughout, uh, the tat the, my tattoo career that is that, that are completely illegal. And then on the other side, as a employer, there's a lot of things that you're required to do that, you know, there's a lot of stuff that the, a lot of rules and laws that the state puts in place to protect the artists or the employees from you. So uh, HR department's a good kind of way to like balance everything out. It protects you from things that your employees may do to you, but it also protects your employees. It also lets you know what you need to do in order to kind of be fair to your employees. Um, so, and I think that's another thing that, you know, I know we don't have much time here, but talking about the independent contractor versus employee uh, situation, you know, for the first, you know, 20 years of my career, it was all about independent contractor. And most people, most tattoo artists are independent contractors, as far as I know, within the tattoo industry. Um, but I, I do think that that, that is slowly starting to turn in a different direction. I think because uh, cash is becoming less prevalent. And I also think that because tattooing has become so popular that there are some entities uh, above us who are realizing that they need to kind of tighten things down because stuff's not getting accounted for. Um, so I also feel comfortable kind of like having jumping the gun on that and just getting myself in that position so when that ball does drop, I'm already, uh, everybody's already protected. But I've definitely, I mean, I think, didn't it happen in Massachusetts? Uh, oh, yeah. It? You know, I, I was told, uh, you know, I only have myself to blame for all my troubles, you know. I was told to get the lawyer and the accountant. I was told uh, when I did get uh, an accountant that was okay, that uh, I needed to hire everybody on as employees as opposed to the independent contractors and that if, you know, I had to defend it, I probably, you know, would not be able to. Um, but, I, you know, in my head, you know, and I asked around, you know, there was a couple of local uh, or semi-local re re regional tattoo shop owners uh, who had already done such the same thing, you know, uh, Cam Man out in, in Medford, Mass at, uh, at Visions. He had already hired honest people. He had begun a business consultant who said it's, you know, not legal for you to do this in Massachusetts. And he, you know, he's a tattooer, you know, which, which obviously, uh, it doesn't change the laws for anybody, but he had better leverage, I suppose, to tell everybody that he was hiring everybody on. And at the time I was like, you know, I'm not, what, what am I going to do? Go back to my tattoo shop and tell them all I'm going to hire him on as employees. <laughs> That's laughable. They'll all walk on me, you know? And, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, in fair, you know, and I guess I, I don't know, you know, by the time I got sued by the state, you know, and then I counter, I tried to defend myself, you know, whatever, fifteen thousand dollars in lawyer fees, you know. Again, back to lawyers. Fifteen thousand dollars in lawyer fees later, you know, uh, I was able to keep the guest artists as 
independent contractors, but all of the all the residents of Massachusetts have to be resident have to be staff. They have to be hired on tattooers. And um, you know, basically, if you were a tattooer in Massachusetts and you're not a an employee of the tattoo shop, um, it's illegal. You know, and uh, you know, we, we spent a lot of money. You know, and it's and it's amazing. I was thinking about this actually earlier in preparation of this. You know, there was a tattooer. There was two tattooers who were in the conversation that we had with all the lawyers, you know, so when like the shit's really hit, you know, when we're in it, we're in the, the conference room with the enemy lawyers, the state lawyers, our lawyers, all it, and it's horrible to be in. And they're like, you know, you have to hire on all of all of your artists and all of your guest artists. I'm like, you know, we can't hire on our guest artists. Somebody's coming in from California for two days. They're not like ever right. claiming unemployment in Massachusetts. Like, but, you know, the thing is like, you know, you play that game where it's like, if you're not going to, you know, they're going to try to get everything they possibly can, you know, as, as lawyers, you know, whichever side you're on, you know, by definition, they're trying to, you know, to get as much as they can. But anyway, so we were fighting this and, and, and those two tattooers that were in the, on those calls have a unique perspective on, on that fight that we had. Right. So when people are out, out there bitching that we had to hire people on and we're trying to be corporate and controlling and whatnot, like they know that's bullshit because they were in that call when we were like fighting tooth and nail, trying to convince, you know, uh, all the lawyers and all the people involved, you know, uh, you know, again, and we were doing pretty good. We had that, our contract, we had our, our 10 different points. Um, but anyways, so yeah, point being is, uh, in this case, as a young, uh, business, you do need to make sure that you are 100% tight with your, uh, state laws as far as independent contractors who can be employees and, and whatnot. And, and it could change. I do think that I was going to say, I do think it's just a matter of time, you know, when I, I think that the government is eventually going to come in and, and require, I mean, they, they want taxes on all the money that's out there. So, you know, as cash becomes less, um, you know, less attainable and, as the computers start getting, you know, technology and all that stuff starts getting there and you're having to buy everything through the internet and stuff like that. It's the, the, everything's just start slowly tightening down and the people who are not uh, positioned to be prepared for that are the ones that are going to get hit the hardest. You know, you may have a hundred thousand dollars in your, in your, uh, your mattress, but you ain't gonna be able to do nothing with it in the future. If you, if you don't put it in the right place, you know, and, and you're not showing that. So I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think everybody in the tattoo world, a lot of people in the tattoo world are very discouraged by the, the title of employee. Um, but like I said earlier and being an employee, you're protected, you know, independent contractor, you're, you're on your own. And, you know, from my from my experience, most of the artists that I've met, there are some that, that aren't like this, but most of the artists I, I've met, they aren't, they're not really running an independent contractor business within a tattoo shop. You know, they don't have business insurance. They don't have, um, you know, they're not, they're not really taking care of themselves. There are yeah. some that have come through that, that are, that are fully, sustainable they've got their business license they've got their business insurance they've got all that stuff taken care of but most of the people i know in the tattoo world who are independent contractors they're not protecting themselves or their clients you know yeah no it's uh, uh very particular but okay so let's um let's wrap this up uh but if 
you could, if we, if we could wrap this up with you just kind of laying it all out with the loose screw recruiting pitch and be like, hey, if you are a tattooer who is X, Y, and Z, or you're looking for, you know, what's going on. And, um, you know, I think that it was, this was an awesome interview. You gave a lot of value to people and we could definitely, uh, a, a four minute hard pitch on, on loose screw tattoo, I think is completely appropriate for everybody to, uh, to catch right now. Uh, okay. Uh, so yeah, uh, you know, I own loose screw tattoo. We're always looking for motivated, uh, ambitious, uh, professional tattoo artists. Uh, you know, we've got a great shop with great people, uh, great staff. You know, we offer medical, dental, uh, 401 or, uh, retirement options. We also offer paid vacations and we pay for a hundred percent of the supplies. Uh, so if you need a tattoo machine, we take care of that. Um, you know, my goal is to take care of everyone who works in my shop. And, you know, I always tell the artists at my shop is their success is my success and vice versa. You know, we are a team and, you know, we are all working towards trying to create a better life for ourselves and our families and, and be the best artists we can be in the process. So uh, if that's something that you're interested in being a part of, uh, hit us up at loosescrewtattoo.com. Uh, there's a little tag tab uh, up above there that says join the team. Click that, fill it out. And uh, if we got some space available, we'll hit you up. Awesome. You know, I almost want to uh, ask you, like, we you know, uh, what doesn't work at Loose Screw Tattoo? So you can do like the B and lay being disrespectful, but I don't want to end on a sour note. Um, awesome. <laughs> this, is, this has been really fun and uh, I'm really excited. I know that, you know, one of your most favorite holidays is coming up and um, it always causes quite the controversy. So I'm uh, uh, very eagerly anticipating hearing more about uh, what's happening at Loose Screw in the next couple months. And um, maybe maybe you Co could uh, come weeks. on. And, and, and if you ever have any benefits, I know that you're always very uh, strong in the benefits uh, world there. We would definitely want to make sure that everyone knows about what you have going on uh, in, that, in that regard. And if you do, do you have any, do, do you have two minutes? Do you have a, an upcoming benefit going on at all? Or? Yeah, we've got one coming up uh, in a couple of weeks. Um, you know, I'll put more information out there about it. Uh, but it's, it's going to be an interesting one. Uh, it's definitely going to stir some feathers so uh, i'm excited about it but we're going to be you know raising money i, I have that nonprofit giving arts foundation so we're going to have them involved and uh, basically we're just going to be raising money to uh you know help animals uh in need and help uh, other nonprofits who help animals uh so awesome. it's going to be kind of like a little one week drive uh where we're Perfect. really trying to help people out so or help the, awesome. the animals out I'm with you down. So we'll be, uh, uh, we always love the benefits. So we're definitely going to do our part to uh, chip in if anybody uh, wants. Again, uh, you know how to get in touch with Loose Screw Tattoo. And um, yeah, well, thank you very much. Now is the time. Oh, what do we have? Uh, last couple of uh, uh, comments here. We've got Ali K says, awesome advice. Thank you for sharing, Jesse. Uh, SJ says, goals. Thank you for sharing and setting this up. Love what you've done with your shop. Setting the bar pretty high for standards with uh, confetti. Woo! Um, awesome. Well, thanks again. And now's the time where I'm, uh, as I'm clicking the button, you need to like wave and smile. And